This is Pastor Cody Sturgill. I'm so thankful you're listening today. The Bible commissions us to keep our heart with all diligence. Keeping your heart is a daily work. We need to daily fill our minds with God's Word. Join me as we hear a Bible message from the pulpit of Chilhowee Baptist Church. Matthew chapter number 6, we work our way through this book of the Bible, we're in the Sermon on the Mount, some famous texts that we come to today, all of course the Sermon on the Mount is, but some things I find very helpful. Today's message is titled this, Overcoming Worry, Overcoming Worry, and uh, the Lord Jesus speaks very straight and forward to some very important things that will help Christian people to overcome worry. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single... Thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all the glory, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Don't you see a repeated theme all through this passage of Scripture that we just read? Look at verse number 25. The Bible says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Look again in verse number 27. The Bible says, Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? Verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. Verse number 31. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or 
what shall we drink? In verse 34, the Bible says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. The lazy person says amen to that because that'll be great. I can just live in absolute oblivion. That's not what God means when he says take no thought. It was a term that was used often regarding worry and fret. Don't take extraordinary extra thought or worry regarding things that are out of your control that God wants to take care of. We live in a world that we consume ourselves with everything the world has to offer and we spend lots of our time wringing our hands worried that this might work out and this might not work out. And God says, take no thought regarding those things. The Bible says in verse 32, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. In those two verses, what three word phrases repeated over and over again. Can you say it with me? One, two, three. All these things. I think you can do better than that. I'm not going to help you this time. Three word phrase. One, two, three. All these That's right. You know what we do? We spend so much of our time wringing our hand about all these things. We got all these things to do. We got all these things piling up. It's like, the seven dwarfs, when they changed their song, I O, I O, so off to work we go, right? Is that how it goes? There's so many things to worry and fret over. We wring our hands over all these things, and God didn't design the Christian life to be consumed with worry and fret. He designed the Christian life to be lived in peace and contentment and love and rest and joy all of which the devil and his devices are determined to rob God's people of. We know God is in control. We know God is on the throne. Why should we worry and fret? All these things, all these things, all these things. As we look at all these things today, with God's help, I want to help us to see from God's word how some ideas on how we can overcome worry. Some things I think will help us from God's word this morning. I want you to be reminded about something. The first thing is this. Overcoming worry, number one, we need to make eternity our goal. We're going to draw our, uh, our outline from verse number 32 and verse number 33. The Bible says, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. After all these things do the Gentiles seek. Now, when the Lord looks at this group of people and he says, All these things that have you worried, all these things that you're giving thought to, and you're fretting over all these things. He says, I want you to be reminded of something. All these things are the same things that the Gentiles fret and worry about also. Now, the Gentiles, the lost, he was referring to people who didn't have faith in God. They didn't have Jehovah God on their side. They couldn't rest in their heavenly father. He said, the Gentiles, they're wringing their hands after all these things too. How do we overcome worry? Number one, we need to make eternity our goal. We need to make eternity our goal. Someone said this, and I love it. Our legacy, what we're known for. Our legacy, what we leave behind, what we have to our name. Our legacy is not to be found in one world, but in two. Our legacy is not to be found in one world, but in two. 
And quite frankly, our legacies will be greatest in both if we live now for eternity. Do you want a legacy that pleases the Lord that your children can be thankful for? Then set up for yourselves, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Live for eternity. Point number one, overcoming worry. Number one, make eternity your goal. Look what the Bible says here in verse 19. Jesus speaking, he says this, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Now, is this Jesus' prohibition against riches? Absolutely not. Is this Jesus' prohibition against preparing for your future and setting up retirement and those type of things? Absolutely not. Jesus taught sound money management principles all through his ministry. And the Bible teaches these things plainly. But we must make our goal the same goal that God has. You see, God is not telling us to not prepare for the future on earth. He's just reminding us that we have a future to prepare for beyond this earth and we need to be thinking about eternity. Are you thinking about eternity? Wouldn't it be so foolish to invest all your effort in something that only lasts a few years when you know that you have many years to follow? If that's exactly what our life is like, on a headstone, you see a date that represents a birth. You see a dash. It represents the life that they live. Those dashes are short, are they not? Even if you live 100 years, that's a short dash. If you're the one that lived it, time flies. And there's a date that represents our death. Folks, I want you to know something. That little dash if it's translated into eternity, that little dash is very short. Eternity is very long. You can put another dash at the conclusion of the date that you die on a tombstone and that line goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on forever. Yet the emphasis that we make in the dash of our life between our birth and our death is represented and repeated and rewarded for all of eternity. And Jesus says, I just want you to be reminded of something. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. At this time, a man that was wealthy, he stored up fabrics. You see, the process of weaving, the process of making cloth was very intricate and time-consuming and your clothing was very, very expensive. And Jesus says, look, you can have the finest of clothing around here, but I want you to know something. Those little moths that fly around, these were in the days before mothballs. How many of you, let's take a poll. This is really important. How many of you like the smell of mothballs? you raise your hand? That's me. I'm one of the rare few. I remember coming home from my grandmother's house and my clothes smelled like mothballs and I loved it. I could always tell when I'd been at Mamaw's house. It was wonderful. How many of you disdain the smell of mothballs? You guys are felines. They hate them too. <laughs> uh, moths. 
What would a moth do? The finest cloth that you'd spend all the money in the world on. What would a moth do? It'd come and eat holes in it. The other thing they stored up for themselves was materials, building materials and precious metals. What happens to precious metals over time? They rust. They rust. And if the moths don't get them and the rust doesn't get it, then there's these low-down, good-for-nothing, dirty, rotten scoundrels the Bible refers to as a thief. Thieves make me angry. I can't stand that. Jesus said, look, moths, rust, thieves, you can't hang on to all this stuff. He says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It's not wrong to have treasures. It's not wrong to plan for the future. But you need to be reminded that there's something beyond the dash of your life that lasts forever. And we should be making investments in eternity. Do you know we're bad to separate our spiritual life from our material life? We're bad to separate our daily life and our occupation and our job, separate that and put it in a box all by itself, separate from our faith in Christ. But Jesus wants us to know something, that everything in our whole world must begin with Jesus and you should work your job for Jesus' glory and his sake and you should raise your family for Jesus' glory and his sake and you should build your wealth for Jesus' glory and his sake. You understand? Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The glory of it all is that in heaven, the moth can't corrupt, the rust can't happen, and no thief and no thievery will be performed in heaven. You see, we need to make eternity our goal. You understand that when you begin to look at life and the things of life and the events of life, in light of the fact that it's all going to burn up someday, there's a certain freeing element to that truth. It's not mine to keep. Why should I be so concerned about it all? Thank you for listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily. Keep Thy Heart Daily is a ministry of Chilhowee Baptist Church in Chilhowee, Virginia. To learn more about the ministries of Chilhowee Baptist Church, check us out at chilhoweebaptistchurch.com. If you'd like to financially support Keep Thy Heart Daily, please send your gift to Chilhowee Baptist Church, P.O. Box 838, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319.